Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. It's episode 67 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. What can you expect to hear about this week? How about those local football scores? An update on last week's score stream review. Hashtag save the crew. A one and done in the playoffs for FC Cincinnati. How about that local college soccer? How about local district and sectional results for high school soccer and volleyball? A state champ in golf and Cincinnati Bell? And we're not talking about phones or internet or what have you? Updates! Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, Breaker, Radio Public, PlayAPod, Anchor, Pocket Casts, and so many more. Follow the podcast on Twitter at GemOnQueenCrown and the host at the Lee W. Mowen. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Music is provided by freestockmusic.com. Now, it's time for our host, Lee W. Mowen. Before we begin episode 67, I'd like to point out the fact, no, I'm not creative when I'm talking about the new Cincinnati Reds manager and David Bell. This is from Twitter user at EvilDavidBell, and the tweet just says, just call him the Cincinnati Bell, and I loved it, and I wanted to incorporate it on my podcast somehow. Anyway, hello and welcome again this week, as you got the local Sunday Sports Podcast tuned in. How about those football scores? What about them? They exist. Oh, I'm supposed to read them off. I'm sorry. Week 9 scores. Hard to believe that next week, or this upcoming week, I should say, is the last regular season week and the last game for a lot of teams in the state of Ohio. Because remember, in Ohio, not every team makes the playoffs in the sectional, what have you. You have to get enough computer points. So let's go ahead and jump into week nine with Thursday scores. The TV game of the week on Fox 45 was Greenview against Springfield Catholic Central. A rough year for the Irish and Greenview just made it worse. They were up 60 nothing at the half and the Rams come out victorious 66 to eight against Springfield Catholic Central. Some other Thursday games, you got a close one as the Lachlan Panthers claw out nine to eight win against Cincinnati College Prep. The Ross Rams defeat the Meadowdale Lions 52-6 in non-conference play. And Hillcrest Academy with a 34-0 win against Doan Community. Now we jump into Friday and Saturday scores. First with the Cross County Conference. 
Covington shuts out Twin Valley South 50 nothing. Buccaneers over the Panthers. And Tri-County North gets shut out against Miami East. Vikings 42, Tri-County North 0. Bethel 54, Bradford 0. Fort Loramie with a 57-6 win against National Trail. Mississinawa Valley defeats Arcanum 26-6. And Ansonia claws out another win, a 42-20 decision over the Tri-Village Patriots. We now move to the Southwestern Buckeye League as Bellbrook. They're now 9-0 after a 61-12 win against the Oakwood Lumberjacks. Valley View shuts out Eaton, 22-0. Spartans over the Eagles. Preble Shawnee keeps Carlisle winless. Arrows win 27-7. Milton Union with a 61-0 decision over the Dixie Greyhounds. Middletown Mason keeps a rolling. They're... Have a 38-7 win over Monroe and the Hornets. And Franklin defeats Brookville 21-7. Both the Wildcats and the Blue Devils were tied for second in the Southwestern Division of the SWBL. Back-to-back losses for Brookville after falling short last week against Bellbrook. And Waynesville defeats Northridge 19-8. We move on to the Greater Western Ohio Conference as Vandalia Butler picks up a 27-9 win against the Sydney Yellow Jackets. Miamisburg back on the winning track after falling to Lebanon last Thursday. They defeat Beaver Creek 42-7. Northmont 38, Springboro 21. Springfield defeats Wayne in overtime. Wildcats 33, Warriors 26. Centerville picks up their first win of 2018 and keeps a streak of 21 in a row against Fairmont. Centerville 17, Kettering Fairmont and the Firebirds 0. And I believe the last win against Centerville, 21 years, that would be, what, 1998? That's going back a ways. Also, I feel old. Hooray. Pequa 14, Tippecanoe 13. Here's a shocker for you. In two overtimes, Xenia defeats Trotwood Madison 29-28. Troy 48, Greenville 12. Fairborn 52, West Carrollton 27. And Lebanon rolls over Stebbins 61-6. To the Ohio Heritage Conference, as Mechanicsburg... Very impressive season for the Indians. They roll over Northeastern 54-0. Greenan, victorious over Cedarville 39-14. Madison Plains defeats Southeastern 22-12. In the battle of teams with West in the title, West Jefferson and the Rough Riders defeat West Liberty Salem and the Tigers 30-28. And Fairbanks 48, Triad 33. To the Central Buckeye Conference as Jonathan Alder shuts out Tecumseh 27-0. Urbana 35-0 winners over Indian Lake. Springfield Shawnee takes down Bell Fountain 34-0. And Northwestern edges out Kenton Ridge 21-14. Now we make our way to the Midwest Athletic Conference. Here's a 21-year streak snapped as Coldwater falls to St. Henry 28-10. First time in 21 games, the Redskins take down the Cavaliers. New Bremen 36, Delphos St. John's 14. Marion Local flies over Fort Recovery 50 to 14. Anna 41, Parkway 13. And Minster 32, Versailles 0. To the Western Buckeye League as we continue to head north. St. Mary's another 42 nothing win, this time against Defiance. Wapakoneta defeats Ottawa Glandorf 21 to 6. Ketton 67, Elida 35. In the Battle of Lima, Shawnee comes out on top over Bath 28-21. And Van Wart 38, Salina 20. To the Northwest Central Conference as Lehman Catholic gives Lima Perry their second straight loss in a row. 21-14 Cavaliers over the Commodores. Harden Northern 18, Waynesville Goshen 6. Marion Elgin 46, Upper Scioto Valley 14. And the Battle of Riverside and Ridgemont, Riverside victorious, 49-0. Let's head back down towards the Dayton area in the Greater Catholic League as Alter, 42, McNicholas, 0. Hamilton Baden defeats Chaminade Julian, 38-21. Carroll defeats Purcell Marion, 33-13. Fenwick victorious over Roger Bacon and the Spartans, 37-7. You got four non-conference games in the Greater Catholic League South. And only one of those four teams come out victorious. Your Friday games, LaSalle held scoreless against 
St. Louis, Missouri's Trinity Catholic, 34-0. And Elder takes down St. John Vianney from St. Louis, Missouri, 48-7. Your two Saturday games, St. Ignatius defeats St. Xavier, 27-20. And St. Edward defeats Muller, 29-22. We move on to the Greater Miami Conference as Colerain has won their 19th straight Greater Miami Conference crown in football. That's pretty darn boss. Cardinals 55, Fairfield Indians 27. Again, 19th straight GMC crowd for Coleraine High School. Lakota West edges out Middletown 7-3. Lakota East with a bigger win over Hamilton 47-14. Sycamore 35, Oak Hill 7. And Mason edges out Princeton 16-13. Now for the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, as Kings defeats Loveland 38-14. to And if I remember right, I believe the ECC crown will go to Kings, as they're undefeated in conference play. And I don't believe anyone can catch them. Milford might, but Milford lost to Kings last week. So therefore, the tiebreaker would go to Kings, or at least, you know, share the crown type of thing. Milford defeats West Claremont 23-21. Walnut Hills edges out Anderson 25-22. And Turpin 56 with throw 14. Now for the Cincinnati Hills League. Wyoming big winners over Marymount 49-7. Redding 28. Taylor 7. Indian Hill 55. Deer Park 21. And Madeira 42. Finneytown 14. We move to the Miami Valley Conference. First, a Saturday game for you is Dayton Christian. A great season for the Warriors. They take down St. Bernard 24-12. Miami Valley Christian wins big over North College Hill 57-0. New Miami victorious over Clark Montessori 43-8. And Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy 50, Norwood 0. To the Southwest Ohio Public League, we have a forfeit to tell you about. Remember last week about Ponix Tech falling to Northland while doing a little research. Found out that that game ended before the half. It was 43-8 to Northland and the Vikings, the team out of Columbus. They're, I believe they're most known for their boys basketball program. I could be wrong on that. But because so many of the Golden Panthers left the bench, they were ejected and they have a one-game suspension. They served it. No team for Ponix Tech. Belmont wins at a forfeit 1-0. Ponix Tech will be able to play their regular season finale. I believe it's against Thurgood Marshall, if I'm remembering right. Dunbar takes care of Thurgood Marshall 36-9. Western Hills 32-0 winners over Schroeder. And Riverview East edges out Gamble Montessori 34-14. To the Southern Buckeye Athletic Conference as Clinton Massey continues their winning ways. Falcons win 21-7 over New Richmond. You have Williamsburg 47, Fayetteville 28, Western Brown 37, Wilmington 31, Claremont Northeastern 13, East Clinton 7, Goshen edges out Bactavia by a point, 21-20, Bethel Tate 28, Williamsburg 17, and Blanchester 69, Fayetteville 0. Now to the Southwest Ohio Conference as Harrison takes down the Owls of Mount Healthy, 38-14. Northwest shuts out Oxford-Talawanda, 33-0. And Edgewood, 20-0 winners over Little Miami. Your scores from independent leagues look like this as Middletown Christian defeats Jefferson Township, 33-2. I believe Middletown Christian is not a state-affiliated football team. I believe they're club. Witten Woods takes down Columbus's St. Francis de Sales 28-14, and Lima Central Catholic shuts out Troy Christian 48-0. Now we move to Indiana scores, and this is the first week of sectionals for Indiana High School football. I got all the classes and sectionals in the next games for all these squads. We'll start with the Richmond Red Devils. Their only win of the regular season was against Connorsville. They faced the same Connorsville Spartans team, and the Red Devils win 31-7 against the Spartans in Class 4A Sectional 22 battle. Mooresville will be at Richmond this upcoming week. Connorsville is done. Knightstown defeats Union County 42-0 in Class 2A Sectional 37 Knightstown will be at Triton Central 
this upcoming week. I believe that makes Knightstown 9-1 on the year. I believe that's first-year head coach Chip Montgomery, if I'm remembering what I did my research on. Hagerstown shuts out Oldenburg Academy 14-0 in Class 1A, Sectional 46. The Tigers will be at Edinburgh this upcoming week. Union City big winners over Anderson Prep 41-16 in Class 1A, Sectional 44. The Indians of Union City will take on Clinton Prairie and the Gophers. They upset West Dell last week, did Clinton Prairie. Edinburgh took down Lincoln and the Golden Eagles, 24-12. They'll set up the Hagerstown battle, Class 1A, Sectional 46, to Class 2A, Sectional 36. Northeastern 14, Winchester 8. That will end the Golden Falcons season as the Knights will take on LaPel on the road. Try will end their season with a 33-0 loss against North Decatur. They're north of Greensburg, Indiana. That's Class 1A, Sectional 46. And Centerville and the Bulldogs, their season ends on a 42-2 loss to Indianapolis, Cecina. That's Class 2A, Sectional 37. Again, Richmond will play Mooresville next week. Knightstown's at Triton Central. Hagerstown will be at Edinburgh. Union City's got Clinton Prairie at home. Northeastern will be at LaPel. And that is your last of local Indiana high school football scores. We'll continue to roll on as long as those teams continue to win in the sectional. Now for college scores. Wright State and the Raiders were off. They're at Miami this upcoming week on the 27th. The Dayton Flyers fall to the Drake Bulldogs 28-17. Cincinnati falls for the first time this year. They fall to Temple and the Owls in OT 24-17. Army and Miami in a great battle, but it's the Black Knights over the Red Hawks, 31-30 in two overtimes. But not all is lost this week for Miami and the Red Hawks as the club team defeats Pitt 36-19 on the road. Central State on the road to take on a Division I foe in the Colonials of Robert Morris. And Robert Morris comes out on top 49-45. However, Central State... Gets 614 total yards, 364 of those via airwaves. Very impressive. I know it's a loss, but Central State hung very tough with D1 Robert Morris. That's FCS Robert Morris, by the way. Third straight loss for the Blue Knights after winning five in a row as Shepard hands Urbana a 44-21 loss. Baldwin Wallace edges out Wilmington 35-33. Number 8, Wittenberg. The Tigers keep on clawing wins. They take down DePaul. That's DePaul with a W. 38-23. Thomas Moore with their 35-0 win against St. Scholastica. They have secured their 23rd winning season in Saints football out of 29 years having the sport. That's very impressive. Thomas Moore, however, will be off this upcoming week. Mount St. Joseph's edges out Defiance College 20-0. Franklin, 64-20 winners over winless Earlham. And number 8, Bethel, holds out Cincinnati Christian 70-14. CCU also winless on the year. Now we go to NFL scores. There's one game I'm glad I didn't stay awake for. Being sick this weekend again for about the second weekend and... What, three weekends? Yeah, that was pleasant, if you don't know what pleasant means. One team with their fourth overtime, and another team with a home victory. We'll start off with the Sunday night game as Kansas City, after falling in a gun show to New England, they take down Cincinnati with ease, 45-10. to It was a game I thought the Bengals could hang tough and attack that Chiefs defense, but it was not meant to be. Kansas City gets back on the winning track. And the Bengals now 4-3. and three. By winning percentage, they're now... What would that be? A game? A, a half game back of Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's 3-2-1. and one. Cincinnati and Baltimore are now 4-3. and three. The Saints did come back and win against the Ravens. 24-23, and Justin Tucker missed a very crucial field goal. That's about the first time he's done that in a long, long time. Fourth overtime out of seven games for Cleveland. And they fall via a 
Chandler Cazanzaro field goal, 26-23. What was it, 59 yards for the win, and Cazanzaro missed a 40-yarder that game. Tough loss for the Browns, but that's their fourth overtime game. They're now 1-2-1 and in the OT frame. Four overtime games in seven weeks. I just want to point that out again. That's tough luck for Cleveland. Would have been nice to be able to hear it on the radio, but we'll move along. Indianapolis holds down the Circle City against Buffalo 37-5, to and I mentioned the Steelers were off. And that's the NFL scores, and that's football scores around the tri-state area. Southwest Ohio, Eastern Indiana. What a week. What a week. Still a very big win for Centerville. 17-0 over Fairmont. That keeps the streak at 21 straight against the Firebirds. And Coldwater's 21-game streak against St. Henry was snapped by the Redskins. You never know what can happen week after week. And next week will be, well, this upcoming week will be the last regular season week for Ohio High School football. And that'll be the last time I spew out so many scores at you. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with playoffs, but again, you have to be in the top eight in your region and your section in order to get to the playoffs. There's a couple teams that are already locked in. There's some that control their destiny. I still can't believe I'm reading back on this. I forget where, but there was a 10 nothing team, a 10-win, no-loss team that didn't make the playoffs. And it's based on who you beat in terms of region and section. You get so many points, the higher you go up the ladder. So I would like to update you on the score stream review I did last week. I still love the app, but... After I released episode 66, I got a very nice email from the folks over at ScoreStream, and they gave me the tools to add games and add pictures and everything. It was really, really cool. So I got a chance to do that. Also, they did change Stivers from the Eagles to the Tigers. Like I mentioned, I was sure I didn't read anything that Stivers changed their name, but there you go. I'm... I'm glad I fixed that for the score stream, folks. Anyway, I got a chance to add a couple of soccer sectional games at Centerville. And it's really, really easy to update the score, update the half. The only problem is it's a user-based error, and I have to remember to update it every time. In fact, the Wright State versus IUPUI men's soccer game, I didn't update it at all until the next day. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot to update that. So, yeah, user error. Still a fantastic app. Uh, you can get these tools yourself. You just make an account. It's free. Then ask for the tools, and you say why you want them, and there you go. Still a fantastic app. Still a great source of scores. Thank you, folks at ScoreStream. You all are pretty darn ace. I want to thank Derek for, you know, reaching out to me on Twitter and getting me set up with that, so I'm, I'm pumped. I get to add the ice hockey schedule once that season starts uh, next week. Yeah, I can't believe ice hockey season starts next week. While we're on the subject of high school sports, I would like to take this time to let you know of a state champ. For Centerville High School and girls golf, Marissa Rensler, she hit a shot during Saturday's Division One State Tournament at OSU's golf course, and this is from DaytonDailyNews.com and Jeff Gilbert, a contributing writer. The best golfer, second straight, one under par 69, and two-day total of two under 138 on the gray course. Already written on the board, no one could really catch up. She was Centerville's first girls' state champion. Congrats, Marissa Rensler of the Elks. Centerville finished third as a team with a score of 624 behind the state champs New Albany with a tournament record shot at 592 and second place Olin Tangy Orange at 618. Beaver Creek junior Sarah O'Connor also shot 82-83-165 total to finish 29th. Larissa Rensler. 
Wensler. Your state champ in golf for Centerville. First one ever for CHS. Very impressive work. Congrats go out. Now we talk more high school sports. To the Southwest District we go. You can reach this at swdab.org. And we're going to go over what the slate is for semifinal, district semifinal tournament. For Monday, October 22nd, that means today, if you don't have any plans, go out and see these games. At Lakota West High School, you have number 3, Turpin, taking on number 11, Lakota East. Number 2, St. Xavier will battle number 8, Milford, at Princeton High School. Number 1, Archbishop Muller takes on number 19, Coleraine, at Hamilton. At Sycamore High School, it's number 29, Little Miami, taking on number 4, Anderson. At Lakota East, number 17, Oak Hills, battles number 5, Mason. At Northmont High School, it's number 5, Springboro, against number 2, Centerville, in boys' soccer. And at Centerville, you have number 3, Carroll, taking on number 6, Butler, Vandalia Butler. And at Xenia Doug Adams Stadium, it's number 1, Beaver Creek, taking on number 4, Troy. That's Division One games. Division Two games look like this. At Kings High School, it's number two, Indian Hill, against number six, McNicholas. At Indian Hill on Drake Road in Cincinnati, number four, Roger Bacon, takes on number five, Monroe. Number one, Wyoming, squares off with number three, Summit Country Day at Milford High School. At Kettering Fairmont High School at Roush Stadium, it's number one, Archbishop Alter, taking on number three, Bellbrook. At Bellbrook, you have number two, Tipcanoe, battling number six, Chaminade Julian. And at Piqua High School, to wrap up Boys Soccer Division Two District Semifinals, number one, Northwestern, against number two, Bell Fountain, at Piqua. For Division Three at Norwood High School, it's number one, Seven Hills, taking on number six, Finneytown. Number two, Cincinnati Country Day, squares off with number four, Marymount, at Winton Woods High School. Number three, Madeira, against number seven, Cincinnati Christian, at Marymount. Number 7, Greenview, against number 9, Miami East at Greenville. Number 3, West Liberty Salem, against number 5, Yellow Springs at Evans Stadium in Springfield. At Beaver Creek, you have number 8, Green, and against number 4, Waynesville. Miami Valley takes on number 2, Troy Christian at Ron Pinsonsham Stadium. That's on Wilmington Pike in Kettering, home of Dayton Christian Soccer. And speaking of the Warriors, number one Dayton Christian battles number 17 Jackson Center at Newton High School. That's your boys soccer district semifinal. They're all today, Monday, October 22nd. Like I mentioned, don't have plans. Go out and watch those teams. Now for girls soccer district semifinals. These are Tuesday, October 23rd. So the day of recording tomorrow. For Division 1 at Hamilton High School, number 2 Fairfield goes against number 14 Lakota East. Number 4 Mercy McAuley, which I did not realize the two schools merged together. I read that sometime last week when I was looking up volleyball stuff. They'll take on number 7 Lakota West at Lakota East High School. And at Lakota West High School, number 1 Loveland has number 9 Sycamore. Number 3 Mason has number 6 Anderson at Sycamore High School. At Princeton High School... Number 5, Mount Notre Dame, takes on number 10, St. Ursula. At Centerville's Doug Adams Stadium, it'll be number 2, Centerville, squaring off with number 7, Miamisburg. And at Ohio Star City, Miamisburg High School, number 5, Northmont, will tangle with number 3, Springboro. And at Centerville, it'll be number 1, Beaver Creek. I believe they're close to top 10 in the state in girls' soccer. They're that good. Taking on number 8, Vandalia Butler. Division 2 time at Kings High School. It's number 3, Wyoming, against number 9, Bactavia. At Indian Hill, Shawnee Field, again on 6100 Drake Road in Cincinnati. Number 2, Summit Country Day, will square off with number 8, New Richmond. Number 1, Indian Hill, will get number 13, McNicholas, at Milford High School. At Oakwood High School, number 9, Eaton, goes against number 1, Archbishop Alter. At Fairmont High School, it's number 3, Bellbrook, against number 4, Bishop Fenwick. Tipcanoe High School has number two, Waynesville, against number five, Monroe. At Piqua, it will be number two, Carroll, against number three, Greenan, or number ten, Greenville. That's the only game that I just now realized doesn't have a set two teams. Number two, Carroll will take on number three, Greenan, or number ten, Greenville at Piqua. And number one, Tipcanoe will battle number four, I believe that's Springfield Shawnee, at Northmont High School. 
to Division Three as Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, number three, takes on number seven, Seven Hills and the Stingers at Norwood High School. Number one, Cincinnati Country Day against number eight, Finneytown at Madeira. Madeira themselves, number two, will take on number five, Deer Park at Marymount. At Ron Pinson Shaw Stadium in Kettering off of Wilmington Pike, just right by the Dayton and Kettering split, you have number three, Layman Catholic against number eight, Greenview. Number one, Anna squares off with number 12, Miami Valley at Newton High School. Number four, Milton Union has number seven, Springfield Catholic Central at Beaver Creek. At Springfield's Evans Stadium, it's number two, West Liberty Salem, squaring off with number 15, Brookville. And number five, Torrey Christian against number six, Preble Shawnee at Eaton High School. That's a short distance for the Arrows, opposite of the Troy Christian Eagles. That's your girls' schedule district semifinals for... Tuesday, October 23rd. And now we look at volleyball. 23rd, 24th, 25th. You got lots of games to go to, lots of matches. These are also district semifinals. For October 23rd, that's this Tuesday or tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast Monday. At Lakota East High School, it's number five, St. Ursula against number eight, Lakota East. And number two, Mercy McAuley against number seven, Seton. For Division Two at Wyoming High School, you got three matches as number one Roger Bacon goes against number six Goshen. Number five Summit Country Day takes on number two Wyoming, and number three McNicholas battles number four Indian Hill at Tecumseh High School. Number one Tippecanoe goes against number four Springfield Shawnee, and you have number two Kenton Ridge against number three Benjamin Logan. At Lebanon High School, three matches as number four, Alter, against number nine, Oakwood, and the Lumberjills. At seven, you have number two, Bishop Fenwick, against CJ, number eight. And number one, Bellbrook, goes against Hamilton Baden, number six, to close out Tuesday. Two different matches at Marymount. Division three is number one, CHCA, against number 12, Deer Park. D4 is number one, Miami Valley Christian, against number four, Fayetteville Perry, or just Fayetteville. For Wednesday, October 24th, Division 1, two games at Sycamore High School is number 1, Ursuline against number 16, West Claremont, and number 3, Mount Notre Dame against number 9, Turpin. At Lakota West, you have number 4, Mason against number 10, Oak Hills. Vandalia Butler will host number 3, Beaver Creek, and number 6, Lebanon, and then number 4, Miamisburg against number 5, Troy. At Centerville High School, it will be number 1, Springboro against number 2, Centerville. For Division 3, there's no Division 2 in this. Actually, I believe this is Division 2. It's just marked wrong. Number 9, Reddings got number 6, Madeira, at Blanchester High School. And the host, Blanchester, number 7 squad, takes on number 2, Williamsburg. I was going to call them the Cougars, but I think they're the Wildcats on that. That's why I stopped myself short. Behind the Curtain. At Brookville High School for Division Three, it will be number two Anna against number six West Liberty Salem. Before that will be number four Miami East against number five Arcanum. At Troy High School, there is number two Rushi against number nine Mechanicsburg. And number one Jackson Center squares off with number twelve Troy Christian. At Covington High School for Division Four, number four Layman Catholic against number seven Yellow Springs. Number eleven Southeastern against number eighteen Riverside. And Number three, Franklin Monroe, goes against number six, Fort Loramie. Now for Thursday, October 25th games. There's one, it's Division Three, and it's at Brookville, as number one, Versailles, goes against number nine, Northeastern. Want to give a special congratulations to the champs of the Southwest District. For Division One boys golf, your district champs are Lakota East, for girls golf, it's Centerville. I mentioned that Marissa Wensler is your state champ in girls golf. For Division Two boys golf, it's Archbishop Alter. For girls golf, it's Wyoming and the Cowgirls. And Division Three boys golf, the Newton Indians are your district champs. Congrats for all those teams, and good luck to everyone competing as fall sports wind down. I still can't believe it. Actually, we tell you about high school sports. It's now time to jump into professional sports. One team saved, one team, a one and done in the playoffs. 
Not in this lifetime. Maybe last two years, but not this year. We'll start off with hashtag save the crew. It's something I've talked about in my podcast many a times. In fact, if you remember episode 14 way long ago, logo creator Chad Hollingsworth was my guest. We talked about saving the crew. And I wonder what his thoughts are about this new news about the Columbus crew staying in central Ohio. It is not quite 100% finalized and done, but it looks like it is heading that way as Jimmy Haslam, you might know him as the owner of the Cleveland Browns, looks like he will be keeping the team in Columbus, Ohio. What does that mean for Anthony Precourt? Who cares? He can't rip the crew out now. Although technically he still keeps that MOS license, meaning he's got an MOS team and he can set up shop in Austin, Texas. But that means the players, the coaches, which, you know, I was questioning if the players and coaches would stay. But the team name, the history, everything stays put at Maffray Stadium and in Columbus. That's where it should be. As someone that wanted to see the crew stay, I can't tell you how happy this makes me. It's also going to be weird saying that I root for the crew in FC Cincinnati during 2019 MLS season, but it's local soccer. I liked the crew first, and FC Cincinnati came along, so I can like both. I'll just have to make myself a kit that's half blue and half gold, and then people just look at me weird, like, what are you wearing? It's like, it's a split kit. You've seen them before. People make them. So yeah, I'm really, really happy, and the people behind Save the Crew, they should be extremely pleased. Like I mentioned, it's not completely finalized yet, but it's looking that way. In fact, there's even talks about an empty lot, which is held onto by two different properties nationwide, who has the hockey rink, you might know. They have most of it, and then there's a local guy that has the ever side of that lot, and he said, that'd be pretty nice for parking, wouldn't it? So it looks like the crew might be heading to the Arena District, just west of the Clippers Stadium, Huntington Park. That would be awesome. But right now, nothing's finalized on that. Now, would this mean Jimmy Haslam would bring his ownership in to run the crew? No, I believe it's just he would forward the money and he would have his own operations crew doing the soccer operations. That was a great sentence I said. He would have soccer people run the operations. It wouldn't be, you know, he would be meddling in type of thing. He wants to keep the crew in Columbus. Also, Haslam, you might know him from Flying J slash Pilot and that whole scandal. Some people were asking, do you really want Haslam saving the crew? But, save the crew is now saved the crew. There was this one day where I saw this update like, hey, there's this thing happening at this place in Columbus at 11, and it took forever, but it looked like, you know, something important. There was a lot of celebrating there, and I followed along on hashtag save the crew. It's, it's big. I'm happy for you, Columbus. As someone that has a Cincinnati Dayton podcast and talking about the crew... I, I am quite happy the crew are staying in Ohio. That's where they need to stay. That'll make that Hell is Real series quite quite a barn burner. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that next year. In terms of this season, the crew had a chance to lock up a playoff spot, the last playoff spot in the East, but they fell to Orlando City SC via penalty kick in the 96th minute, for the Lions' first win since July 14th. So yes, bad loss for the crew. One last chance to make the playoffs. They need a win on Sunday against Minnesota United FC. Nice thing is, is at home, and I hope to see a lot of Save the Crew people at Mafray Stadium to root on Columbus to the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, that's starting in the USL. And FC Cincinnati has won their first playoff game in their last USL year. They take down Nashville SC in penalty kicks 6-5 after drawing 1-1. So let me tell you about that series with Nashville. Preseason and regular season all ended in draws. 
and the postseason game ended in a draw technically until penalty kicks, and the last one was whiffed on by Nashville. Huge, huge win for FC Cincinnati. They maintained that number one seed, and they'll host the New York Red Bulls 2 squad, or the Baby Bulls, if you like that name better, at Nippert Stadium on Saturday. Big, big win for FC Cincinnati as they make the merge to MLS next year. And speaking about MLS and that stadium, I believe they're supposed to start working on that in a month, and it's supposed to open... Is it a month or is it 2019? I thought they were supposed to work on it, you know, in a month or so, but maybe I'm wrong on that. The stadium is supposed to open for 2021. Exciting. So, big, big news in professional soccer. I have a chance to talk about college soccer now. As Wright State's men's soccer is now all alone for first in Horizon League. Still yet to drop a Horizon League tilt. Got scoring early in the third minute against IUPUI and held on for that. That game was so windy, I made the joke that it blew my original tweet away. It was quite windy, quite cold, but a good Raiders win. Two games remain for the Raiders, and the one I'm probably most worried about, not to say I'm not worried about either of them, but the game at Green Bay. And I'll tell you why. Green Bay's a good squad. They took down UIC, held them scoreless. The Phoenix won 2-0 on Saturday. I was watching the stats on that to see, you know, if UIC would come back and draw it. But no, Phoenix won it. That gives Wright State that three-point clearance. But Green Bay's been a thorn in Wright State's side for the past few seasons. And with that new soccer facility opened up in Green Bay, that will give the Phoenix something more to play for. Wright State can win it, absolutely. But, like I mentioned, Green Bay has been a thorn in the Raiders' side the past few years. Milwaukee will be at Alumni Field on Saturday, November 2nd. It'll be Senior Day, as we'll say goodbye to Senior Dan Bent, Defender of the Year last year in the Horizon League, and also midfielder Eric Hutton. You might know Hutton from the Dayton Dynamo days. Both those seniors will be... Saluted for their hard work, making Wright State soccer stronger than it was just last year. Still can't believe how well Wright State is doing. They do have one non-conference game left. It'll be at Marshall tomorrow, the 23rd. Uh, just how well Wright State's doing this year. Just one loss, and it was at Virginia, too. It's very, very humbling to be the PA announcer and see the success on that. So again... You have last men's soccer home game at Wright State. It'll be November 2nd against Milwaukee. The women will have their last home match. They are now third place, I believe, which means they'll host a quarterfinal game the 29th. I believe that's the 29th. It'll be home versus either 5 or 6, which we'll tell you a little bit more next week. Friday is the last home match for the Women's Soccer Raiders, they fell yesterday afternoon 1-0 at a very, very good Cleveland State squad. They're now, what, 5-0-1 in conference play? Milwaukee's ain't no, and the Women's Soccer Tournament runs through UWM again, but it's nice to see the Raiders women's soccer team having a great conference year as well. Two great soccer teams of Wright State, I'd say come out and watch college soccer. Hard to believe that season's winding down as well. So now that brings us to the last topic I have on tap for episode 67. Cincinnati Bell. They make phones and internet and they're a company and that's everything like that. Aren't you glad I spent? No, I'm kidding. It's David Bell. He's the 63rd manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, of course, officially, we can't say whether David Bell will be a good hire or not. We hope it'll be a good hire. We hope, I mean, in terms of Reds fans' hope. But you have a Muller Crusader alum now leading the helm, familiar with Cincinnati, and he was the guy that the Reds wanted. After Joe Girardi turned away from the job, after he said no, he didn't want it, I was a little bit skeptical. 
And I was a little bit worried, too. But we'll see how David Bell does. We won't be able to tell until first pitch 2019. Which you blink, and then it's right here. Go on to RedsMinorLeagues.com. Doug Gray, who is a guest on episode 61, he's talking about it. He's looking forward to listening to the press conference. It's 11 a.m., so if you're just listening to this podcast and it's early Monday morning, you can watch that too. He'll be listening for the words, what David Bell has to say, and also Bob Castellini, the owner, Dick Williams and Nick Crawl. One of them's the GM, one of them's the ops manager. I'm not sure anymore. But from if you do a lot of research... David Bell was always the favorite. Some will suggest it was Joe Girardi. I kind of wanted Joe Girardi because he's got that World Series experience. He's taken a very strong Yankees squad, and he's won one World Series with them. You might argue, well, outside of that, he hasn't had much success. No, but none of his teams went under 500, if I'm remembering right. So, David Bell, 63rd manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Also, Brad Ausmus was considered for the Cincinnati job, but he won the Los Angeles Angels job after a couple of years with the Detroit Tigers and on Twitter seen many people pull their hair out against Ausmus's managerial decisions. So, 2019, we'll see what that brings the Reds. Hopefully, Nick Senzel will be major league ready. They are trying him this fall season in the outfield. Apparently, he is pretty darn good at center field. You know, drafted as, what was it, a shortstop? Shortstop or third base? India was third base, so relief shortstop for Sinzel. Winker should come back, hopefully a full season, knock on wood. So, hopefully the pitching improves. I'm not worried about the offense. I like the pieces there. It's just the de- uh, the pitching. Yeah, let's go defense. I want to see the pitching better. I don't know what's going to happen with Homer Bailey. I thought the Reds would have cut him by now. And maybe they will in the offseason. I don't know. I hope Tyler Malley rebounds. I hope Luis Castillo rebounds. And I really hope this pitching squad does quite well. So we'll see what the offseason brings us. I'm hoping for a lot of great pitching additions. Maybe a key piece in the lineup. We'll see. We will see. And that closes out episode 67 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. 67 of these. If you told me that I was going to do 67 episodes of my podcast, I would have called you crazy. But I've stuck with it. And hopefully you've enjoyed it as the day's gone by. Also, uh, career terms, I am now eight broadcasts away from hitting 1,000. And I should hit it next month as high school hockey kicks up into full gear. I do have two broadcasts left with Wright State. They're both volleyball matches. The 9th and the 10th. And I believe both those are ESPN+. Plus, so... Check those out if you can. It's five bucks a month. And then hockey starts. Wow. Thousand broadcasts. I'm sitting here going, just picturing, you know, I didn't think I'd hit 500, but lo and behold, I did. Wow. (laughs) This is a great way to end a podcast episode. Just go back and look through all of everything. I also want to thank Rob Demet and the Centerville Athletic Department for allowing me to announce the two sectional games. Girls beat Wang 5-0. I missed Saturday's game, but since Centerville's playing in girls soccer, they won. And the boys beat Piqua 8-0. It was a lot of fun. Got to see the Seabacher family, which I know them from hockey. Also, Dad of uh, one of the hockey players took me home when it was uh, completely blizzard over. My car was completely snowed on and I couldn't get in the car. Now it won't start. That's great, but what can you do? So, yeah, thank you, Centerville, for giving me that opportunity. Hopefully there's a lot more 
in the books. And speaking of that, if you know an athletic department looking for a public address announcer, hit up the Lee W. Mowen. I'm good for any sport you might throw at me. Basketball, baseball, softball, hockey. Give me a sport and I will be there to announce it if my schedule allows. Again, hit me up, the Lee W. Mallon. That will do it, episode 67. Before I think of another thing to reminisce on, you can listen to this on many different platforms. Just go to theleewmallon.com and click on the podcast tab. Talk to you next week for episode 68. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.